Let's learn something that's a little bit more mystical. Generally, the way that we interact with Hashem is we create an Isarusa de la Sata, we put in our effort, and then Hashem responds with an Isarusa de la Ela. Sometimes Hashem introduces something into the world that is beyond our reach, that is greater than what we could achieve through our avoida, and that could manifest in two different ways. We'll explore those two different, two different ways in the context of a comment on the Zohar about saying Ashrei or Tehillah Ledavid three times a day. So the Zohar Parashah saying it's the Zohar on our parasha that Huva Amayma quotes from the Gemarim Brochus, which says, called Man de Omer Tehillah Ledavid B'chol Yom Tlas Zimnin. Any person who says Tehillah Ledavid three times a day, Ihu Ba'alma de Osi, that is somebody who earns a portion in the world to come. That's the Gemara. Um, the Zoyar then explains, Why are we obligated to say Tehillah David three times? Because we have to daven for our sustenance every single day. And then the Zoyar distinguishes, The third time, He loved Begin Choyva. Is not obligatory, in order to facilitate our sustenance, etc. At a begin, Shivcha. Rather, the third time that we say Tehillah David is praise to Hashem. So now we have to understand what's the difference between the first two times and the third time. We're going to see Reb Leibik's perspective and the Tzemach Tzedek's perspective and how they come from somewhat different angles. The father explains in his commentary on the Zoyar, The fact that you say Tehillah David three times corresponds to the fact that we daven three times a day. And this is something you could already see in Rashi's commentary there in Brochus, where it says, He says there that the three times we daven correspond to, uh, sorry, the three times we say Tila David correspond to the three times we daven. Then Reb Leibik says this, Just as two of the three prayers of the day, Shachas and Mincha, are obligatory, and Mariv, is not as obligatory as Shachas Mincha. So it's technically a choice. It's Rishus. You have the right to daven, not the requirement to daven Mariv. So Kenu Gamal Gel Amir David. So Rebbeik says the same thing applies to Tehillah David. The Zimni Barnash. Borrowing the words of the Zohar, two of the times that we say Tehillah David, we're obligated to say it. Or Pa'amalaf Achas begin Shivchan once is just. Praise that we give to Hashem, which is quite similar to the concept of Mayrev that is not obligatory but is uh, recommended. Okay, so what's Reb Leibach telling us? Just like Mayrev is Rishus, so the third time to say Tehillah David is not required. Let's see how the Tzemach Tzedek approaches it. The Tzemach Tzedek's notes on Tehillim, quotes Rashi, which we've just seen, the Rashi on the Gemara, that the three times to say Tehillim David in the day correspond to the three Tefillim Shachas Mincha Mayrev. The Tzemach Tzedek asks a very logical question. If, like Rashi says, the three times to say Tehillah David correspond to the three Tefillahs of the day, surely we should say Tehillah David, otherwise known as Ashrei, in Shachris, and in Mincha, and in Mairif. So why is it that we say Tehillah David twice in Shachris, once in Mincha, and not at all at Mairif? 
So Yeshma tarts him outside of the Tzemach the other people who try and answer this, and they say, that the truth is, Ashrei does not belong at Meirev time for two reasons. Number one, this style of prayer is not suited to the night time. Or alternatively, or because there's a very important link between Ashrei and Kedusha, we don't say Kedusha in Meirev, so we don't say Ashrei in Meirev. And so therefore the other commentators say, we have to say Tilda David three times. Mariv is not the right time to do it, so we're going to stick it into Shachris. But the Tzemach in his commentary does not accept us as a plausible answer. And he says, whichever way you look at it, it doesn't make sense. If the whole reason why we say Tehillah David a third time each day is because, as Rashi points out, it has to correspond to the third Tefillah, i.e. Mairev, then logically, there would be no logical reason to say a third time Tehillah David to correspond to Mairev, but to say it in a different Tefillah, in this case, Shachris. doesn't make sense. And if it's true what the Mephoshim will point out, that Ashrei does not belong in Mairev, then we should only say Ashrei twice a day. So it really doesn't seem to make sense. For this reason, Tzemach gives a very interesting insight. That when the Gemara told us, any person who says Ashrei three times a day goes to Gan Eden, is that opinion in the Gemara is only according to the view that Mairev is actually obligatory. And according to that opinion, you would actually say Ashrei at Mairev. Now, we don't do this in practice. We follow the opinion that says Mairev is not obligatory. So We don't have to say Ashrei at that time. So in other words, according to the view that Mariv is not obligatory, that's what we follow in practical halacha. If that's the case, then Tzemach Tzedek is saying, then all we need is to say Ashrei twice a day, and that would be our ticket to Gan Eden. And then the, the Tzemach Tzedek explains and, and why, according to Chassidus, this should work. So whatever is achieved by saying Ashrei during Shachris and saying Ashrei during Mincha is also achieved at Mairev Tide, according to the opinion that says you don't have to daven Mairev, may a love without our efforts. Ah, so the Tzemach Tzedek has shown us Shachas and Mincha, we have to invest the effort of saying Ashrei in order to get the result. And according to the Manda Omar, which we follow, Lahalocha, that Tfilas is not obligatory, you don't have to do anything to get the result at Mariv time that you would have gotten through Ashrei at Shachas and Mincha. Okay, and then you'll still ask the question, so why do we say Ashrei twice in Shachris? Why taka do we say Ashrei three times? Twice in Shachris. That third time is not to give us access to Olam Habo. So we don't miss the value of saying Ashrei three times, which of course is what the Gemara proposed originally. We'll talk about this more later. So now we've got two views. Reb Leivik is of the view that the third Ashrei, which is like Mariv, is Rishus. 
and you have the Tzemachzedekus of the view that the whole concept of saying Ashrei three times is only according to the opinion that Mayrev is also required. And if Mayrev is not required, which we're doing, which is how we see the Halacha, Ashrei is also not required a third time when we just say it in order not to lose the value of saying Ashrei three times. So now that we have these two opinions, we've got to say, so how do they, how do they relate to each other? How do you reconcile the two opinions? How do we reconcile what the Reb Levick has proposed? That saying Ashrei the third time is like saying Marev, not required. Which would basically imply that even according to the opinion that says Marev is not required, you should still say Ashrei three times in order to get into the world to come. And just technically, the third time is not obligatory, like Mariv is not obligatory, but you have to say it. How do we reconcile that in Birat Tzemech Tzedek with the Tzemech Tzedek's approach, which is that that same opinion who says we don't have to daven Mariv, you only need Ashrei twice in order to get into Olam Haba. So Reb Levick is saying that the person who says Mariv is Rishus still believes you have to say Ashrei three times to get into Olam Haba. And that Tzemach Tzedek says that same opinion would require only two Ashreis in order to get into Olam Haba. That's our big question we're going to try to reconcile. And Gam Tzorchlovin, there's another question as well. Let's go with the Tzemach Tzedek's approach for a moment. That if we follow the opinion, who we do follow halachically, that is, that you don't have to daven Mariv, and therefore, and therefore it's sufficient to say twice a day in order to get into Olam Haba. So if that is true, then why do we actually say Ashrei three times a day and two of them in Shachris? Now we already saw that the Tzemach Tzedek explained so we don't skip that opportunity to say Ashrei three times or or as the Tzemach Tzedek explains a little bit further in his explanation over there, more in the language of Kabbalah and Chassidus, why did they make us say Ashrei a second time in Shachris? Because it's similar to, if you paraphrase the passage from Yeshaya, about that Yaakov is the one who redeems Avram Avinu. In other words, implying that there's this very strong relationship between Yaakov and Avram Avinu who represent Chesed, Avram Avinu is Chesed, and Yaakov represents Tiferes or Rachamim, so the Tzemach Tzedek explains that the nature of Tiferes is that it is inclined towards Chesed. So Tiferes, which is the third element which is related to Mayrev, which is Yaakov's Tefillah, if you can't achieve or express Ashrei at that time of Mayrev, it's not a Chesed, it links back or it is inclined back to the time of Shachris, and we stick in the second Ashrei there to compensate, so to speak, for Mayrev. So how go for Deresh that in itself still needs to be explained. That Tzemach Tzedek has told us clearly that the reality is if you say Ashrei twice a day, you already have access to the next world. Because as the Tzemach Tzedek told us, if you do your effort at Shachris and Mincha, then it happens naturally at Mariv time without any human input that we get the value of as if we had said Ashrei. So if that's true, We've already achieved what we need to achieve. 
what's still missing? That forces us to say Ashrei a third time. So the first insight that we're going to see in explaining this is that Reb Leibik and the Tzemach Tzedek are taking two different views, looking at this issue from the perspective of Gemara versus looking at this issue from the perspective of Zohar or Nigla versus Primia Satoya. So the kernel, the core of this explanation hinges on that there's a difference between the approach of the Gemara and the approach of the Zoya. Let's start with the Tzemach Tzedek. He says clearly in his explanation that he is explaining from the perspective of how the Gemara sees things. Now, when you're looking from the exoteric part of Torah, if you're looking from that perspective through that lens, the moment you have an individual who says, you don't have to daven Mayrev, so therefore, you naturally would have no reason to stick Ashray into Mayrev because you don't even have to do Mayrev. And by the same logic, you wouldn't have to catch up a third Ashray anywhere else in Shacharis because it's not required at Mayrev. So what's the Tzemach Tzedek's view? He's saying the Gemara is telling us Two ashrays gets you into Olam Abba. You need nothing else. Mashenkin Lamur, whereas according to the Rebbe's father, he's explaining how the Zohar sees this same conversation. And therefore, it's our Pipnimius at Torah. We're looking through the esoteric part of Torah. So then there are two things to consider. Hine Aleph. Firstly, even according to the view which we follow halachically, that Mariv is not a required filler. Still, there's still value to say Ashrei a third time. It's just that this third time that you say Ashrei is not for something you need. It's a way of giving praise to Hashem. Which is quite similar to the fact that you don't need Mairev. Why do you do Mairev? To give more praise to Hashem. Second of all, that third to Hila the David, which has value to Praise Hashem. In spite of the fact that really technically it relates to Mayrev, it's actually said practically at Shachris. Okay? So the Tzemach Tzedek saying from the view of the Gemara, you don't need a third to Hillel David. We do it because of a different reason. From the Zohar's perspective, which Replevik is explaining, you need that third to Hillel David. It has the value of Shevach, of praise to Hashem. And in, in spite of the fact that it's linked to Mayrev, it's actually said in Shachris. And the fact that the Tzemach Tzedek concludes that we, we really don't want to miss the opportunity to say Ashrei three times. And therefore, we do say a second Ashrei in Shachris. And then he explains how Mariv would land up being related to Shachris because because the nature of the spiritual energy represented by Mariv, which is Tiferes, is that it is inclined to the spiritual energy of Shachris, which is Chesed, and therefore you could represent the missing Ashrei that belonged to Mariv and say it in Shachris. But even the Tzemach Tzedek would not say that that third Ashrei is part of the original teaching of the Gemara, which is only that you have to say Ashrei twice. All the Tzemach Tzedek is showing us that in, in addition to what the Gemara says, that you only need to say Ashrei twice, there is also a deeper esoteric explanation and approach which introduces the possibility of saying Ashrei a third time.
Let's understand this a little bit better. Let's analyze the words that the Tzemach Tzedek used where he said, We hold in practice that that Mariv is not an obligatory prayer. And therefore says the Tzemach Tzedek, That's why we don't say Ashrei as an introduction to Mariv. Why not? So he explains, Because at Mayrev time, whatever Ashrei would have achieved through our saying of Ashrei, at Mayrev time happens of its own accord. What can we learn from that? That the Tzemach Tzedek is telling us, Why don't we say Ashrei at Mayrev? Because we hold that Tfilas Arves, that Mayrev, is not required. It's not because we say we'd be wasting our time saying Ashrei. There's no value in saying Ashrei at Mayrev time. Okay, so because if you're going to take that approach, you're going to say, look, at the end of the day, Mayrev is not obligatory. And therefore, because it's not obligatory, there's no value to saying Ashrei. And you don't need the third Ashrei. And the truth is, even under certain circumstances, you may not have Mayrev either. The Tzemach Tzedek is saying it's not because there's no value to saying Ashrei. It's because there's no need to say Ashrei in the first place at Mayrev time. This is a key part of what the Tzemach Tzedek is explaining to us. It's not because we don't have a value that you, you'd be wasting your time saying Ashrei. It's because you don't need to put in that effort of Ashrei. Because whatever Ashrei was supposed to achieve at Chachris and at Mincha through our effort happens at Mariv of its own accord. So Because at first glance it doesn't really seem to make sense. The concept of saying that Mayrev is not an obligatory prayer. It's because each time that we daven, what we're trying to do is put together appropriate spiritual energies that benefit the running of the world and bring brochus into our lives. And the yichud that we would achieve through davening Mayrev actually could happen without our efforts. How? Because we already in, in, we invested effort in davening shachas mincha, and now we have the benefit that that impacts myrev to achieve the spiritual union and marriage of energies that are required. So in other words, we don't need to put in our effort in order to achieve the spiritual take-home that myrev should achieve. So we don't have to, and yet we actually still daven Mayrev. That's how it is established as Jewish tradition. Ve'im came by the same logic. Don't you think the same thing should apply to Ashrei? Same principle. You know, I don't need to do the Ashrei. It will happen on its own. But I still daven Mayrev every night, as we all do. Surely I should say Ashrei a third time at night. At the very least, it should be that I have the option to choose to say Ashrei. And the reality is that as much as we say that Mayrev is not obligatory, for us in real terms, in our world today, Mayrev is obligatory. We do daven Mayrev with a minion. So if that's the case, so surely the third ashray that technically belongs to Mayrev should be there in Mayrev. 
So why is there no concept of introducing Ashrei into Mariv, especially now that Mariv is part and parcel of regular Judaism? So what we'll have to explain is that it's slightly different when we say that the effects of Mariv happen without our efforts, but we still dive in Mariv, versus saying that the third Ashrei happens without our efforts, and yet we don't say it. Because there are elements of spiritual power that are outside of human conduct, that are beyond our reach, and therefore they happen without our intervention. But of course, we'll always have to prepare fertile ground, right? We'll have to make a preparation in order to receive that, that energy. We have to prepare ourselves to be suitable to receive what David wants to give us. So we understand that we've got to create the legwork. It's our counting sphere, so Omer, but then the 50th day is not ours. It's a gift from Hashem, but we still had to count the Omer in order to get there. So that concept of having something which is fundamentally beyond human reach and yet introduced into the human experience, could happen in two different ways. Aleph, one reality is, there are certain spiritual concepts that are altogether beyond human reach. There is nothing that humans could do that would in any way touch, affect, or instigate those energies. We have a great example of that when the hidden stood at the edge of the sea before the sea split. Where Hashem told them specifically to be silent. Why be silent? Surely you should always daven. Because in Tzorach Bitfila, the message was there's no purpose, there's no need to daven. Because why, the way the Ebesh is going to fight against the Egyptians comes from such a lofty area that human endeavor has no value there, has no capacity to reach there. In fact, it might even get in the way. So it is possible that the Ebesh will sometimes give us things in a way that we actually have to just step back and not be involved in the process. Then there's another possibility based. There are experiences or levels of holiness that are beyond human reach, but yet relative to human endeavor. But because it's fundamentally something that is not based on our efforts, so it's not a requirement for us to put in that effort, we could choose to be part of the process. In other words, that means that our efforts are not going to be what cause that flow, that energy, that input from Hashem. Because if we could have instigated that kind of spiritual engagement, then we'd be required to do it. So the fact we're not required to do it means fundamentally we are not empowered to start that process. But to get maximum value out of what Hashem is going to give us as a gift, like the example that Tzemach Tzedek quotes, that we say, It's not required by the Chachamim to say, Why not? Because Tal is not dependent, due is not dependent on human endeavor or even prayer. Tal will never, due will never be withheld, unlike rain. 
And yet, yet, should we choose to say Moridatol as we do in our tradition? You may. Why? Not to cause the Jew to come that it should be the fullest experience of Brocha of what Hashem is giving us. That's why you have the right to participate. Because we're dealing with something that is fundamentally beyond human reach, therefore it's something that we give the person the option to be part of the process, but we don't make the process dependent on the person. That means that the human being does not have the power to, so to speak, force this flow of energy. If I have something that I'm required to do, then yes, you could say the bracha is not going to happen till you fulfill the requirements. Here, we don't have a say, we don't have influence. That's why we don't have the requirement to do it. We're not required to do something that is beyond our reach. Now, that second category is how Mayrev works. You don't have to daven Mayrev technically, but we're invited to daven Mayrev, and the reality is that now it's become how we do Judaism. We daven Mayrev. In spite of the fact that the spiritual synthesis that Mayrev is supposed to generate happens without human input. Yet we're invited to be part of the process voluntarily so that we could expand the brocha within that spiritual synthesis that's going to happen regardless of our efforts. With that in mind, we can now see the difference between Mayriv and the third Asher. Now we can understand the reason. The concept of Roshus, that you are invited to Daven Mayrev, only applies to Mayrev and does not apply to saying Asher a third time. So the Tzema explains says the Tzema when we say Asher, what effect does that have on high? It is me'oirer, it awakens, it stimulates, it starts a process. By us saying ashray, it stimulates the beginning of a process that brings together the two energies of Zor and Malchus, known as Yichudzun. The key word over here is that it starts. So therefore you can understand, there would be no point in saying Ashrei to start a process at Mayrev time because when we're davening Mayrev, we're not starting any processes because Mayrev is a time of processes that we can't start. They're beyond our reach. So therefore, all we can achieve through Mayrev is how successfully the spiritual energy will play out. But Mariv is not a time where we actually cause the spiritual connection to happen. Now the whole purpose of Ashrei is The purpose of Ashrei is to begin a process of spiritual connection. In other words, Ashrei makes something happen in the spiritual realms that would not happen without the Ashrei. 
Well, at Mariv time, we don't have that capacity. We don't have that role. We will not be the ones initiating any spiritual processes. So while we're invited to Daven Mariv to consolidate the spiritual energy of the time, there's no value in saying Ashray, which is supposed to generate the spiritual energy of the time. Amnon Kolzer with Sad Nigled the Torah. But this is the perspective of the revealed part of Torah, Gomorrah. Shemagas begalia de kuchabricho. When you're learning nigla, you're dealing with the more accessible or revealed parts of godliness. Or to put it into our conversation, in the realm of keser, which is this ultimate state of godliness, it's the more outward, superficial element of keser. And therefore, there's no scope for the humans to be able to touch something beyond So where is the spiritual connection happening at the level of I'm learning Gemara. Gemara tells me how I can access So therefore Gemara says there's no point to a third ashray because the point of ashray is to stimulate a process and seeing as I cannot get to the point where I could reach where that process is supposed to start from, because I can't reach it to Primus Akeser, don't say Ashrei at night, or even a third time at all. But when you learn from the perspective of Zohar, whenever you engage the hidden parts of Torah, it gives you access to the hidden parts of godliness, Primus Akeser, to the internal reality of Keser. Then Yashinun Shalavoid then actually we do have access, maybe not to stimulate the beginning of the great spiritual connections of the time, but to determine and consolidate how that spiritual union is going to happen. But as we mentioned, this is not something we're required to do, it's something we are invited to do. When we're looking at a reality that is beyond human reach, that means beyond the scope of our avoider. Which means it is not logical, it's not possible that human endeavor should actually have any impact in that reality. Then any avoider we're going to do in that context cannot be required or obligated. Because anything that is obligated implies that we are the cause of a process. This is a process we can't cause because it's beyond us. It's just that if we do something, we kind of align ourselves with the energy that's being stimulated and created. So now, if I'm looking through the lens of Pneumia Satoria, which is a far deeper experience of Judaism, there is a logical reason to say Ashrei even at Mairev. But the status and the reality of what that Ashrei would mean, it would not mean causative, that we're creating a spiritual process, or even requesting spiritual input. It would be praise of Hashem. As the Tzemach Tzedek said, that is similar to doing something that you are volunteering to do. You're not required to do. Because this third ashray that belongs to Mariv is not intended 
to cause a flow of energy and a flow of brochas and the sustenance that we need. It's purely to praise and acknowledge Hashem. And to further highlight the fact that this third ashray is completely not obligatory. And is altogether different from how we say ashray at both shachas and mincha. That's why, where did we stick in this particular Taylor David? Not where you'd think it belongs in Mayrev, but in Shachris. And in Shachris, the first ashray that we do is in Psukit de Zimra, which you say before you get to Shemon Esrei. What's the relevance of saying something before Shemon Esrei? See, in order to be able to praise Hashem, because that's what we do in, in Pesukah de Zimra, we have this tremendous praise of Hashem. Before we reach the pinnacle of Shachris, which is Shemona Esrei, how, how do you have the power? You know, you haven't reached a point yet of this real connection to Hashem which Shemona Esrei offers. So how do you have the power to be able to praise Hashem? That draws on the energy of Mairi from the previous night. So early on in the Sicha, when we said that Teferis Mataklapi Chesed, it sounded like almost you're trying to pull back from Mairi at the end of the day, all the way back to Shachris at the beginning of the day, and create some kind of a strange connection between the Ashray that should have been at Mairi that is now getting stuck into Shachris. But that's not how it works. The Jewish day starts at night. So Mairev, even though the preparation to Mairev is our avoid and how we daven through the course of Shachas and Mincha, what happens now is because of the efforts we've put in during the course of the day, the Yichud, the spiritual connection of Mairev, happens as the new day begins automatically. And that energizes the Shachris of the next morning that we're in a position to be able to start to praise Hashem. That's the first Asherah of Shachris. And then after we have gotten to the point of our own spiritual growth in Shemona Esra of Shachris, then we can get to the Ashray that belongs to Shachris. That's the one that comes after Shemona Esra. And that will actually, actually explain something else the Zoyar says over here. That it's not appropriate to ask for our own sustenance until we have Davan Shemona Esra, or at least begun the Shemona Esra. So you've got to kind of Davan to a point, and only then can you start to ask for your own personal things. And part of that Davaning is Panosa Demore. You have to, so to speak, sustain Hashem. In other words, praise Hashem. That's why the Ashray of Shachris, which is, as the Zoyar said, to request our sustenance, happens after the Shemona Esra of Shachris, because the Shemona Esra of Shachris is where we've really davened Hashem and, so to speak, sustained Hashem. Then you'll ask, How come Ashray of Mincha is before Shemona Esra? It's for an extraneous reason. Because after we finish the Shemona Esrei of Mincha, we enter a time of day where there is severity from Hashem. Not a time to be asking for our own personal needs. Now, let's think about this. Okay, we get it. It's not an appropriate time to ask for the things that we need if it's a time of severity on high. So you don't want to say the Ashrei from that perspective after Shemona Esrei. 
But we should still go back to the original question that the Zohar asked, or the statement that the Zohar made. How could we ask for our own things before we daven? Before we have, so to speak, sustained Hashem by giving Hashem the praise that Shemonestra is supposed to offer. But now we can actually explain it. We've already daven Shachris. The Shachris of the morning leaves a spiritual impact on us for the entire day. And that empowers us to be able to say Ashrei before we daven the Shemonestra Mincha. At Shachris, you can't really say that we're riding, even though we get the energy of the Maya from the night before, but we still have to work on ourselves, as the famous Gemara says, that before we daven, we're not in a very good spiritual state, in spite of the fact that we have the, the, uh, the, the runover from Maya from the previous night. The Tzemach Tzedek alluded to this in his commentary where he said, that we say Ashrei twice in Shachris, that he says that Yaakov redeems Avram. You see the order? Yaakov redeems Avram. That Tiferes, which is the energy of Mayrev, inclines towards Chesed, which is the energy of Shachris. Where in, in that, he alludes to the fact that there's this link between Mariv of the night before and the Ashray that could theoretically have belonged there, at least according to Pneum Satora, and Chakras in the morning. So it is a somewhat more uh, tricky concept to get our heads around, but we could look at it simply as follows that the Tzemach is explaining how things are from the perspective of Gemara. From the perspective of Gemara, there are things that are completely beyond our reach, so you only really need to say Ashrei twice. And the fact that we say Ashrei a third time is for a different reason, because we don't want to skip that opportunity. Whereas Reb Leivik is explaining the Zoyar, which is Primia Satoria, and from Primia Satoria we realize that even though there are things that are completely beyond our reach, and we can't actually activate those energies, like what Ashrei is supposed to achieve in the evening. Nevertheless, we align ourselves with it in order to bring about, so to speak, the greatest brocha that we could possibly get. Where do we do that? Not at Mariv time, because at Mariv time it's completely beyond us, but rather at Shachris, which draws on the energy of Mariv and allows us the opportunity, not the third Ashrei in order to get into Olam Haba, but rather the third Ashrei in order to consolidate this great Shevach, this great praise to Hashem, which hopefully allows the brochas that were that were um, generated by the other two Ashrei's to be the best kind of brochas that we could possibly have.